Ladies and gentlemen, I gladly introduce to you the engineering mistress, your porn princess, the real defender of gender equality, La Boricua Bella, Mercedes Carrera. So, uh, yes, I have an update. I had someone go to the courthouse and do the work for me. I'm very, very, very grateful. And uh, it turns out they did a deep search, looked for my name and address um, for search warrant, arrest warrant, 30 days pre and post my arrest date. Didn't find anything. Nothing was properly processed around those dates. Nothing. So, and, uh, so you shouldn't be in jail at all because legally speaking, you're not, you, you haven't been arrested. I wanted to talk about procedure. Everything's procedure in law. And the reason I brought up not having the, the, they didn't have the, the search warrants and they didn't have an arrest warrant on me and really wanted to mention it is that the way they arrested me was really weird because I was supposed to, I went downstairs to pick up my daughter. I get a text message the day I was arrested. I get a text message from my ex saying, hey, I'm here, you know, with with my daughter, you know, come outside to pick her up. Now, I lived in a in a gated apartment complex. Um, or I had a place there. So I walk outside, I walk downstairs, and then I walk out the front gate that kind of auto-locks when you walk outside of it. Right. So I walk out the front and I look for him with her and I don't see him. So I'm kind of standing there. I have my phone. I have my keys and I see a bunch of unmarked white cars. I don't know, you know, what they were. Maybe they're like Ford uh, fusions or something. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. And then all of a sudden this, this black woman walks up to me, grabs my phone out of my hand, grabs my keys out of my hand, grabs me, physically grabs me. Mm. And says, Melinda Smith? And I'm like, yes. And puts cuffs on me. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I remember at that moment, like, you know how in movies, you know how, like, they'll have a moment where everything slows down? Yeah. I had that moment. I was like, what the hell? What is going on? And I, you know, I, I read later that that's like a moment of shock. I'm like, what the, what the hell's going on? Mm. And she takes my phone out of my hand, takes my keys, and she's like, which one's for the gate? Which one's for the gate? And I'm like, and I had been holding the gate key in my hand, separate from the other one. And, and I'm looking at her. She's like, this one? This one? And I'm like, huh? Like, this one's for the gate, right? And I said, yeah. And I mean, I just answered her automatically because I didn't know what else to do. So, and I realized now it's because they didn't have a search warrant. Hmm. They didn't have a search warrant. So that's what, if they'd had a proper search warrant, they could have gone into the office with their search warrant, right? Right. Said, we have a search warrant for this unit they wouldn't have needed to do it that way did they have body cams that's why they did this so they what did they have body cams they have body cams i I, you know what i don't remember because i was so disoriented Mm. and so and she took my phone and she's like and she made a point like uh telling me you can't call uh jason was in the unit you can't call him you can't alert him so i mean which is ridiculous because they didn't have search warrant they didn't have they didn't have proper you know like Realistically, they had no right to enter my unit because they didn't have search warrant. They didn't have arrest warrant. So she basically put me under arrest and she didn't have an arrest warrant. She went into my place. So she takes my key, grabs me, she takes my phone. Then they 
take me, they marched me over to the gate. I mean, all of this is like a blur, but I remember this. In hindsight now, it seems so weird. And you know what was really weird about it? Is I used to do a lot of movies where I played a cop. <laughs> so, you know, I was Those were my favorite. Like, handcuffs. Yeah, I, I remember, like, playing, you know, handcuffs and, you know, putting people under arrest. Like, I was very familiar with, like, manhandling people, you know? Mm-hmm. So, this. All of a sudden, like, being manhandled in real life was just such a weird experience. If you're an attorney, hang up and contact the facility to request your number be made private. So I had this moment where I'm like, oh, my God, this is a real thing. This isn't a movie, you know? And they're marching me on the side gate, going through the gate. She has my phone. She's like, you can't. She's like, you can't alert him. Then they use the keys to go into my unit. And then they and, and they go into the unit. I, I don't even remember how they got their cars in. I think they waited until someone was going in, and they just snuck in. And then, and then they stay. So they get in there. They get Jason out of bed. Again, Like I don't even think they knocked because they have the keys now. Yeah. So the whole thing was, like, completely, you know, subversive. They go in there. Jason was asleep. They get him out. They have me cuffed. I'm sitting outside. They pull a chair out of my unit, they make me sit outside the front door, cuffed. They're they're wrecking my unit, pulling things out, just you know, making a mess. They pulled Jason out. He's sitting in there, cuffed. Then at one point, they couldn't find my firearm, so they make me go get it. Mine's hidden in the closet. It's it's unloaded. It's locked up. It's hidden yeah. in my closet. And I told them, I said, I have to uncuff me so that I can get it. So they uncuff me so that I can get the firearm. It's, it's really hidden. So I get it for them. How the fuck? I mean, that that just doesn't even sound safe. Like for them to uncuff you what? to get a, that doesn't even sound safe for them to uncuff you for you to get your own gun. Them that like the un- I, I know. like the whole procedure is bizarre. And, and so I so I get them this firearm. Then they cuff me again. Then they put me in a. In a I mean, the whole I remember the whole thing is I was just so weird. Mm. Then they cuff me again, put me in a in a in a car, put Jason in a separate car. I don't even think they locked the unit; they just leave. <laughs> and at any point, did they give you your Miranda warning? No. So at that point, no. like legally, you weren't under arrest. No, no, that's that's the weird part. That I'm cuffed, and yet never am I told I'm under arrest. See, that's. But I'm caught. I'm physically restrained. So, so the lesson to take away from this is is to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> like try to try to stay calm and you know, try to stay calm. Keep your mouth shut and only ask for a lawyer. Yeah, and I've got so and I've got my phone, and I'm like, I have people that are coming over later that day, and I'm like, I need my phone. Yeah. I need to let people know, like I've got this situation. So I'm like, I need to use my phone, and she's looking over my shoulder trying to get my code and I'm like what is this like excuse me what are you people doing mm. so then they put me in the car and, <laughs> and then they put us in for questioning and I'm like whoa 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 I'm like hey I'm like look like I don't know what my ex told you so I'm trying to like clear this up then all of a sudden they, they turn like really dark and they're like oh you know you abused your daughter I'm like what excuse me no I was like I want a, I want a lawyer and then, then they're like, you're under arrest. And I'm like, what? So then all of a sudden I'm under arrest. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I mean, it, by that point, like 10 hours have passed or 12 hours have passed. But I mean, look at, look at their, their procedure. So I've been un- under arrest 
this whole time. It's not like I could have left. I've, I've been in cuffs and yeah. questioning. I've been in cuffs from the moment they showed up at my place. I've been under arrest the whole time, and they didn't have an arrest warrant. They didn't have a search warrant. They decided I was under arrest well before they got there. Yeah. And then after they bring me in for questioning, then they, they go, oh, you're under arrest. After they let me know what's going on. I really hate your attorney. I really hate your lawyer. I really well, hate. Well, the thing is, that I, at that point, I, but at that point, I didn't even have a lawyer. Yeah. No, but I'm talking about now, for now, because, I mean, any, I would, I would assume, uh, being, not, not being a lawyer or anything, but I would, I would think any, like, yeah. first year attorney would see this and be like, wait a minute, I call Bravo Sierra on this whole fucking thing. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I think this is standard procedure for San Bernardino County. Mm. What they're doing out here is they just generally drag people in, arrest them, you know, put them under arrest, put them under duress, drag them in, you know, these cops out here go full cowboy. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. And all these people, I don't think they they generally don't have warrants. They don't follow procedures. They don't have proper paperwork. That's the whole gig out here. That's what these people do. And everybody's complicit. The lawyers are complicit because everybody's getting paid to send these people to to state prison, and and everybody's getting paid to hold them in count in county jail for inordinate lengths of time. That's how this works because that's how they pay off the sheriff. That's how they pay off the sheriff's deputies. This is how they pay their salaries. So this is their this is their um their uh, their racket out here. This is their corruption racket. It's not normal to hold people in county jails for years. And then on top of it, to, to sentence them to state prison for, you know, decades. This isn't normal. But it's how they pay for everything out here. And everyone says, oh, well, you know, who, who cares about these people? They're just a bunch of, you know, drug addicts. And they're a bunch of uh, uh, gang members. And, and, you know, so they're a bunch of society's throwaways. So nobody cares. That's generally the attitude mm-hmm. out here. Because San Bernardino County is, is full of, you know, it's, they're either people who are cast off from Los Angeles County. Uh, you know, they, they, the, the general feeling is, oh, the IE is armpit of Southern California. So, and it, it's full of all of, you know, the mess towns on the way to Vegas. Uh, San Bernardino especially has a lot of uh, drug addicts a lot of prostitution, you know. So generally, nobody cares what happens to these people. But from an ethical standpoint, it's not right. It's not right to do this to people. And they haven't had somebody like me come out here and say, hey, you know, I see the trees for the forest. I see the paperwork. You can't do this. You you might be able to get away with it, you know, with most of the people most of the time, but you can't get away with it with all of the people all the time. Well, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure when they arrested me, they thought, oh, it's just some, you know, some crashy porn actress. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought, you know, I was one of those. They didn't realize, like, look, look, no, I might be a porn actress, but, you know, I've been to college and I'm a Jew and you picked the wrong person. But yeah, well, so basically what happened was the detective mm-hmm. heard these allegations and what's full cowboy, his name is Tekken, and I can't remember he's on there. He's a full cowboy. Heard these allegations. You know, keep in mind, I had an ongoing custody issue, right? So uh, he hears allegations, and he goes cowboy and goes, oh, well, 
Porn people? Oh, this is this has got to be true. I'm sure there's child pornography everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Joseph arrests us, seizes our hard drives and phones, and four and a half years later, guess what? Of course, there's no child pornography on there. Yeah. Of course not. You know, so, the, so he didn't find anything, and he drew up these bunk warrants because he was so sure that all of this was going to be true. So he said, oh, I'll find plenty of evidence, and it won't even matter. Well, you didn't find anything because guess what? He stumbled into, uh, you know, an allegations-only case because you're dealing with a really nasty custody suit that didn't have any, you know, custodial paperwork and a guy who didn't want to pay 10 years of back child support. Mm. That's what you're dealing with. And so, you know, um, and, and I want to point something out on that search warrant. There's a listing there for a rose gold cell phone. Yeah. That rose gold cell phone, that's my daughter's cell phone. Now, my daughter had been with my ex for a month prior to me being arrested. Right. A month. A month straight. Okay. Mm. That cell phone was with her. So that they're alleging that there's CT on that phone. But that's insane. That makes no sense. Why would why would there be CT on the phone that I gave her to take to her father's house? Exactly. So, right? Okay. So here, this, this is where it gets even weirder. So they put that phone on the search warrant, but that phone was with her. So now, here's the holdup on the case. They're claiming that they can't open that phone. And I told them, hey, give me the phone. It has a biometric phone uh, ID. I can open it with my son. My yeah. daughter can open it with her son. Not a big deal. We yeah. can open this phone. They're claiming that they sent this phone to the FBI, and it's on some sort of phone cracking device. Like, you know, one of these devices that cycles through passwords? Yeah. Like they use for terrorists. Now, that's, that's illogical. Well, that first, first of all, I don't even think they have that because um, John McAfee, um, before he died, he, like... He was trying to stop uh, them from making Apple do something like that. Yeah, well, I guess they used it for some terrorists on like an iPhone 5, but this thing is an iPhone 10. So, (laughs) but I told them, here's the thing. I told them, I will open this phone for you. It's not a big deal. I mean, all they're going to find out is that my daughter has an excellent Roblox score. You know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I used to I used to play this little game with her called Animal Dam and gift her all the free presents every day. I mean, it was you know, it was, it was my way of keeping tabs on her when she was at her dad's house. Okay, so I told him, yeah, I'll open the phone, just bring it to me. So now they refuse to bring me this phone, and they're claiming it's with the FBI. I mean, but, they could, they could, they could watch you. They could watch you, and if you tried to do anything, they'll just snatch the phone. Out. Like, I mean, wouldn't couldn't they just like? Yeah, let, it doesn't make any sense. And, the, and then the thing is, they're saying, oh, well, you said you wouldn't open the phone for us. I said, no, I said I wouldn't open my phone for you. Because guess what? All of my pictures and videos are mm. are on my Google Drive. If you guys are so concerned with CP, you can subpoena the pictures Google. Mm. It's not a big deal. Go ahead. You're going to see lots of selfies. Okay. Mm. Most of them were on Instagram. There's nothing I don't, you know, I don't want to give you guys all of my contacts because I don't trust like the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department was hacked what, I think a couple months ago and yeah. all of the personal identifying information of everybody in this jail was compromised including their own deputies. Now do you really think I want to give these people all of the contact information of like every porn star in the last 10 years which I have in my phone? 
Do you think that's a good idea? Uh, no. I mean, I have I have social security cards. I have personal home addresses. No, I'm not doing that. I don't trust. Them. I mean, but they can still so get a, they can I'm, still get a warrant to to have you open it. They would like they could leave. Well, they could, they could like just get a warrant and then you'll be legally obligated to open it. Well, they can get a warrant for the pictures and videos, but see, they didn't even bother getting a warrant to arrest me, did they? Right. <laughs> so, what warrant would they have for the? All they would have. They don't need a warrant for all my contact information. All they need is a warrant for the for the photos and the right. videos. Okay, that's fine. But you're not going to find anything. And look, they they took all my hard drives. Yeah. They looked through all of those. Did they find anything on there that was illegal? No. I have and I have two two five seven. I have the proper paperwork for every person I've ever filmed, and they're all well over eighteen years of age. So you know, and this is you know this is the holdup on my case. But and, and I want to address something. There was a comment made about how I put, you know, everything forward each time. Yeah. Let me explain the process and the court to you. Every time when you're in custody, if you are an attorney, hang up uh, and contact the facility to request your number be made private. When you're in custody and you go to court, you have absolutely no say in how anything goes. This is part of the reason I'm talking right now yeah. on this show. Because I want to explain that when you go to court, you're basically facing just a courtroom full of prosecutors. So I I can go there and scream and yell, hold my book, say, I want to go to trial, I want to go to trial, I want to go to trial, I want to go to trial. And nobody's listening to me. Mm-hmm. And and guess what? Every single time, it's my attorney or Jason's attorney who are saying, yeah, we're going to push it forward, we're going to push it forward. I mean, I've been wanting to go to trial since the beginning. Nobody listens. Nobody listens to me. I've had one judge. The entire time I've been here, there was one judge. I don't know his name. He was a white gentleman, and he he said, "You know, I think Miss Smith is really tired of this. It's about time you guys go to trial." And I was like, "Thank you." Finally, a white man says, mm-hmm. "Thank God for the white, <laughs> thank God for white men everywhere." You know, but <laughs> most of the time, I'm just getting I'm just getting pushed, and nobody cares because they're happy to keep you in custody indefinitely because this is how they make money. And and the defense always says, "Oh yeah," they, they, or the 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 prosecution. I was just supposed to defend, push it forward. Mm-hmm. So it falls on the defense to push it forward. That's how that goes. So the defense is always the one to push it. So even if, if it's the prosecution that's not ready, the defense will go, oh, okay, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll extend. We'll push it forward. We'll push it forward. Yeah. Mm. Because it's always the defense playing ball with the prosecutors. I mean, but it, it, during oh, that wait. time, are, are the like the prosecutors coming to you or your lawyer saying, hey, will you just plea bargain out? Are they trying no, to do that now? Not at all. They're not even offering. No, not your... at all. No. Wow. Nothing. And this is, and you guys have to understand, this is not like law and order. Yeah. You know, it's not like the judge is going, oh, well, you know, this is a serious thing, or the, you know, the detectives are looking into the case. Not at all. The whole thing is corrupt from the top down. It's a completely corrupt system. The whole system is corrupt. Once you're in it, it's a casino and you're going to lose. That's how they feel, especially if you're in custody. And keep in mind, my bail is set $2 million. Mm. $2 million. And I was very well told, hey, by the way, if you try to bail out, we'll find another charge and we'll bring you back in. Mm. Hear that? Yeah, we'll find another charge. We'll find one. We'll just stack another one on you. So any money you spend on bail will be wasted because <laughs> we'll find a charge. We'll just stack another one. We'll make one up. That's how this works. So, I mean, are you finally going to trial this month? No. What? I was told. The patient's attorney 
he has trials for two months. So now we're going to have to push it again. This is why I'm putting this out here. Yeah. Because I'm I'm at a point of desperation where I'm realizing, you know, because this is what they did to us last year. We were supposed to be in trial in October. Then it, it got to October, then, oh, you up? Oh, Nicola's busy. We can't. And then it gets to the holidays. We go, oh, we can't do a trial like this during the holidays. It's a bad look. People don't like trials like this during the holidays because mm. it has to do with children. We're going to have to wait after the holidays. Then it gets to February. And they go, oh, gosh, you know, it's really hard to coordinate this. Oh, you know what? Let's push this forward until April. We'll be ready by April. Then April comes up. Oh, something else comes up. And before you know it, you're in oh, May. Well, no, May doesn't work. How about June? Let's try June. Oh, we'll definitely do July. Oh, you know what? We're in July. Oh, Nicola's not ready. But, you know, we should be ready by August. Oh, you know what? Something's not going to happen in August. It'll be September. And then it'll be October again. And before you know it, oh, it's the holidays. This is how this is how this happens year after year after year. This is what they do. And especially this is what they do when they know they fucked up on a case. Yeah, but so then their this, deal is to make you... Isn't this a, a violation of your civil liberties? I mean, you have a right to a speedy trial. You should, in theory, right? But see, when they know they fucked up on your case so bad, what then their tactic is to make you so miserable and count it so miserable that, you know, you're here five, six years, and then they go, oh, well, you know what? It's like if this is and this is something that I heard. Well, you know, you are facing life. You are facing life. It's very serious. You're facing life. So how's a how's a plea of ten years down? Not too bad, right? It's better than life. How are you facing? You've already spent five years in county. How are you, you know? facing? This is life? the game they play. How are you facing life when you just told me about a woman that actually did the crime that you're accused of, and she's doing like what four years? Exactly. Exactly. But this is what they do because they don't want to admit that they fucked up. And then when they don't want to admit they fucked up, what they'll do is make you so miserable by not letting you out that then you're like, oh, my God, I'm so miserable here. I'm so demineralized here. I'm so sick. You know, I have I have a hemolytic anemia because I've gotten COVID five times here. Five times. So I have hemolytic anemia. My my red blood cells are actually cannibalizing themselves. I'm sick. and. There's nothing I can do about it, especially because my second husband, Dr. Lewis Fran, is in charge of medical triage at Arrowhead Hospital. So I'm absolutely terrified to go there for any treatment because I might not come out alive. So what? what's the name of the, 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 the detective that arrested you again? His name is Patton. Patton. C-A-T-T-O-N, which is a terrible thing considering yeah. the fact that one of my favorite generals of World War II was also named Pat. He's not like his namesake. I'm more of a MacArthur guy myself. What? I'm more, You're more of, a, of a what? A MacArthur guy. I like my MacArthur. Was a he was a hell of a guy, also, wasn't he? Yeah. But I, you know, I like I, you know, you you got to level blood and guts. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, what, what, what yeah, come people, on. He, what, he carried he carried a little doll around of Hitler and had his dog piss on it. I mean, how do you get better than that? Oh wow! You didn't know that? Yeah, no. Wow. He, he, yeah. Well, he, yeah. Hates, he hates him. Yeah. Yeah, he would get canceled. Better love a guy days. like that. He would get canceled. Oh yeah, absolutely. We say, well, it it is their culture. Yeah. <laughs> it is their culture to be Nazi. But what else? What else is going on with? Here's the problem. San Bernardino County makes money on housing people. They make money on these cases. So they're happy to have any criminal case. They don't see these as liabilities. They see them as assets. In other districts, they see cases like this as liabilities, right? They say, hey, you know, it could be a potential liability for us. 
if we have a case that's posited as a a criminal case and it's really a family court case, right? So when you have a district where 97% of the cases are wins for them, now how is that possible? How is it possible to have a 97% success rate? On your criminal case. Well, because they do they do what you're doing and they they keep you in limbo until you like, hey, uh, you know, they, they offer you a deal and you just wanna be over exactly. with over with the process and they just you know, they it's right. just laziness. Right, because because the conditions are terrible. Because I get one set of clothes a week. Because the food is abhorrent. Because I'm health in a facility, my cell has black mold in it. Black mold. Like this, this facility should be condemned. There's black mold in my cell. I have hemolytic anemia from getting COVID five times. They consistently house me with people that are sick. I think every single one of my bunkmates has been sick, either with mental illness or physical illness. So they all make me ill. Or they make me nervous. They're all dangerous to me in some way. Because I'm a healthy person, so I live on the top bunk. So what they do is they put healthy or dangerous people on the bottom bunk. I mean, unhealthy or dangerous people on the bottom bunk, Mm -hmm. right? And they go, oh, well, you're healthy, Smith. You're thin. You're mentally well. You can go on the top bunk. And then they lock me in a cell for 21 hours a day with somebody who's not well. 21 hours a day, I'm locked in a 50-square-foot room with a toilet and a sink. Hmm. somebody who's not well in some way. So it's hell. I get one set of clothes a week. The food here is terrible. We don't get fresh green. We get an apple or an orange that's probably rot. How is any of that legal? You know, what? How is any of that legal? That 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 sounds like a civil rights nightmare that any lawyer would be like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And, and, and like, we start thinking, cha-ching, cha-ching, I'm going to sue the fuck out of these people. No. Right. Well, see, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. As long as they win, as long as they win against you, they're like, "Oh well, you know, you signed to guilt, or we won in your case." So, oh well. And people die here all the time. There's a there's an attorney named Dean Burrell in the high desert. I think he's in oh I don't know Apple Valley or something that has sued them multiple times. They keep you know it's interesting because they're constantly putting the Riverside Sheriff on blast in uh, the Inland Empire, but nobody, nobody puts the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department on blast. So I don't know who they're paying off. Mm-hmm. They're paying somebody off. And that's it's got to be that some money is changing hands somewhere. I don't know where. Where's the money coming from, do that's you think? Where's the money coming from, do you think? I have no idea. I know that they engaged in highway robbery, literally. Uh, them and the feds have been caught actually pulling over uh, the, um, what do you call those, the pass vehicles, the uh, the ones that do uh, uh, transport. Oh, for transport the cannabis? For the can- yeah, for cannabis. Yeah. Cash transport. Mm. They actually do that. So I know that they were caught doing that, but they were they were told to give it back. And I think they only gave back horses. But they also keep in mind, they're making money off of every day that they hold people, you know, and they keep like a fairly maximum occupancy. They're, they're charging the taxpayers. Yeah. For maximum occupancy in the, in the jails. They're making money 
every single time they sentence people to the prison, because that's part of their gig here. Is they're saying, hey, you know, we're sentencing these, these criminals. These criminals are going to jail and going to prison. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, congratulations. And the taxpayers throw money at it. Every time people are on probation and parole, they're charging the taxpayers. So the middle class is funding. And for the most part, it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're paying to babysit people. And it does no good. It's not doing anything. It has no appreciable effect on society. None. So, goodness, if we were able to get a hold like, of an actual civil rights attorney. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. The, um, the civil rights attorneys won't touch you until you're convicted. Mm. So you have so you have to be convicted of a crime for them to want to help you. Isn't that interesting? When you're in legal limbo, they won't help. Even though your rights so are being... You, have you been charged? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, and you know, here's the thing. They they say, well, you're you know, your rights really aren't being violated because you're just being held in county jail. That's how it is. But in theory, county jails, you know, you shouldn't be held here for more than six months. Yeah. Certainly not four and a half years. I mean. To be held in a county jail for four and a half years is absurd. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think that's, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm in some sort of bizarre Kafka nightmare that I can't escape. It's, it's completely bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know that the world continues to, have its own bizarreness. Everybody else, you know. I mean, I, I hear the news. I hear that things are continuing out there. Yep. I, I you know, I know that people go to retreats to have, you know, digital detox. I am in a permanent digital detox. Um, so that's kind of nice. I guess there's an upside to that. You know, it's kind of a it's it's its own digital detox with the exception of the constantly blaring television. I get a lot of reading done. Yeah. I guess there's an upside. Yeah. I read a lot of le- Russian literature, so there's a plus to that. I finally understand Dostoevsky, so that's good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, it's just, it, it, you you hear, you know, we just had July 4th. You hear, I grew up believing that things like this could happen in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that anymore. I I really, I firmly believe that this country has become a third world nation. That's what I believe. Well, you, they did say uh, the United States is a third world country with a Gucci belt on. What? what? The United States is a third world country with a Gucci belt on. You, you know what? I, I I always thought that was China. China has Gucci. We have the imitation Gucci. Well, that could very well be it. I mean, you know, I'm on TikTok. I mean, China could China can afford the Gucci. I mean, I think I think America wears like the te- the Tevas or something, doesn't don't they? Well, I, I don't. America wears Nike. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I wear. I like. I like my Chuck Taylors. No, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even think America wears Gucci. I think, like, whenever I see Gucci, I see it on like Chinese women that flew into uh, Las Vegas. I, I, I think the U.S. really has. I, we don't. I mean, like you hear about this in India. Like, for example, in India. There are people who sit in jail for literally decades awaiting their cases to be seen. And that happens there. But you expect that in India. You don't expect these things in a first world country. I said said this once and I'll say it again. You're going to have a fat lawsuit. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) I mean, mean, I've lost a tremendous amount of money being here. Yeah. 
But I was told that if I bailed out, that they would find another charge on me and bring me back. Hmm. So that was part of the reason I didn't bail out in the beginning was they said, oh, well, don't bother bailing out because we'll find a charge on you and bring you back. But that's okay because we're going to go to trial soon. <laughs> I didn't have bail for the first eight months I was here. The first eight months, I had a no bail hold. Then I was given bail. And then I was told, well, don't even try to bail out and don't try to get it reduced because we're going to, we'll, we'll up your bail. I was told this by my first, uh, I think it was a public defender. Mm. I said, okay, well, that's fine. I'll be, I'll be a little patient if we're going to go to trial. Then it started getting kicked and started getting kicked and started getting kicked. And then COVID happened. And then there was no trial for two years. And I sat there going, okay, well, I guess it doesn't matter because it's COVID. Yeah. Nothing passed. We all kind of got into this malaise. In hindsight, that's when I really should have bailed out. But you always realize things in hindsight, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of the, the big picture on it. Hmm. So, oh, my goodness. So, now, now, now you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's I appreciate you helping me get this out. I, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. I realized if I don't put it out somewhere, no one's ever going to hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, I want people to at least understand my side of this because uh, the, the, the court system is so, they're so biased. They're so biased and they're so unfair. They're so unfair. Yeah. Like they really just, they, they just, they want you to lose. They just want you to lose. And, you know, you hear these things about it before you're in it. And then once you're in it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, this is really like this. This is why these, these four people get stuck in it. And, it, you know, I've got some really, really great people. You have one minute left. You know, that I'm like, this is terrible for them. They waste people's lives. It's horrible. Hmm. So, anyway, well, I love you. Thank you, for, thank you for giving me this time. I appreciate you. All right. Love you, too. Be careful, okay? Yeah. Thank you. And I love everyone who listened. And I really appreciate all of you for spending your time and listening to me so thank you um, and i love everyone who has followed me through all these years i really appreciate all these people thank you and i hope everyone's well and uh thank you so much okay bye Great. the caller has hung up